Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games games released each week. You can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. Further your future with the postgraduate course at the Institute of Art, Design and Technology Dunleary. Join us for our virtual open evening on Wednesday, 19th of April at 7 p.m. Find out about our unique industry-focused postgraduate courses in film and media, UX design, cyber psychology, equality, diversity and inclusion, business, art and design. IADT Postgraduate Open Evening, Wednesday the 19th of April at 7pm. Visit iadt.ie. Infinite complacency. People went to and fro the earth about their little affairs, serene in the assurance of their dominion over this small, binning fragment of solar driftwood, which by chance or design, man has inherited out of the dark mystery of time and space. is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. On this episode of Into the Fray, I have with me David Sadoti, and he is out of Florida, so we will be talking about the famous skunk ape this evening. He is with the Independent Sasquatch Research Team, established uh, in the year 2000, right, David? That is correct. And you guys are there in central Florida, which puts you in a good spot probably to go out to all of kind of the Florida hotspots, right? It is, yes. Actually, when I started this uh, this team, I was actually up a little bit further north of uh, Ocala, and Ocala used to be my stomping grounds. Uh, mm. Well, still is, but it's a little bit further away from where I am now. But uh, that's where it started, but uh, I'm here in uh, central Florida now, just uh, outside of uh, Tampa and outside of Orlando. Yeah, that's a good spot down there if you're into Sasquatch, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we can hit all the spots uh, uh, centrally and, and just everywhere. We cover we can cover the whole state. Uh, not to put you right on the spot as we jump into this, but I, I was going to say this for the end, but now that we're talking about different locations, what do you think about that famous or infamous photo of the uh, Mayaka Bigfoot photo? <laughs> do you think that that's actually one of the escaped monkeys or orangutans or some such thing? 
I don't think it, it is a Sasquatch or a skunk ape, um, mm-hmm. uh, only because uh, I'm not sure if you know of who Diane Stocking is. She uh, actually did a, a somewhat of an extensive research on that and um, actually spoke to the police department that uh, the infamous uh, letter uh, was sent to. And um, they determined that, uh, you know, or she determined that it was uh, that it was leaning more towards a hoax because no one, no one was coming forward to to say that this was uh, this is who I was or who the person was that sent it. Um, more more so of a hey, let's pull a prank and see how long we can get yeah. away with it because the uh, the little old lady, so to speak, never came forward and say uh, said that that she was she was the person that did that so and after all those years of not coming forward or maybe even her relatives because you know people talk about what they've seen and none of her relatives relatives ever you know came forward and said yeah that was my grandma that came by and said she saw this thing in my backyard so none of those folks ever stepped forward and said yeah this tr- this story is true so um so it kind of goes on to that back burner of oh it could be a hoax and you know more likely you know that's what it was. So otherwise you know you you really can't put too much stock into that photo. Yeah, that one still sometimes I'll see it pop up right in the news oh, feed. Oh like, yeah. Oh boy, here's this one again. <laughs> exactly, and that and among other photos that you see floating around there. Yeah. You're like, guys, not this again. Come on, let it go. <laughs> Like, oh my God, this thing keeps dredging up yeah. again. So <laughs> they're like just zombies from the from the grave. They just will not oh, yeah. go away. The undead photos. The undead, yes, they keep appearing. <laughs> yeah, they certainly do. Um, and I'm sure that will keep continuing, at least for us on our research side. So, as far as what year was that when the new laws were passed about exotic animals, and then Everyone that was holding anything exotic, including monkeys, apes, orangutans, were just let go in the wilds of Florida. What year was that? I don't even remember. Oh, gosh. I, I want to say it was uh, – I'm not sure exactly of the date, like the, but – I mean, was it the 70s or the 80s? I don't remember, like seven, late 70s maybe? I think it was the late 70s. Uh, I think that rings a bell, but um, – but they obviously doesn't don't do that nowadays because yeah. you know that's uh, you know would make everybody pull their hair out and like what what's this in my backyard? <laughs> yeah. So how much um, do you guys think that whatever might be going on right now could be attributed to some of these things that were in fact let go and have you know made their way and had children and children's children of their own on of their species? As far as the like. Just anything uh, you might come across anything. or reports that you come across, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, the alligators in the state of Florida rule the roost. So mm-hmm. if if there is any um, primate other than Sasquatch <laughs> floating around out there living, moving around, these alligators, these things, um, they can reach 13 to 15 feet long, and they're huge, and they're, they could be anywhere – between three to four feet wide and uh if any kind of a small primate is is float is you know running around out in the woods close to any kind of water which they will be um 
they have to look out for these big gators that we have down here. So um, if anything that was kept in the zoo for any long length of time and then, you know, let go or escaped, probably wouldn't survive less than a year out there <laughs> if they're lucky. Um, so I don't put any, a lot of, of faith into that. Um, there are, there are some small monkeys still living in the, in and around the Ocala area mm -hmm. only, only because they're, you know, they're more, probably more agile and can get away from these alligators a lot faster than alligators can move. But, uh, that's probably about it. Um, anything else would uh, get eaten up, even these that's pythons down here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you, you hear that get brought up a lot, you know, oh, well, they let monkeys go, but that was, first of all, it was a very long time ago, and they would have had to do a very good job at having a breeding population, right? And oh, yeah. Unfortunately, I usually think of the, it's such a tragic story of the father that was at, uh, was it um, at, Disneyland? At Disney, or, yeah, yeah, with his two two or three-year-old son, and look how fast that happened. I mean, surely oh, yeah. he tried to be quicker than the gator, and he wasn't. So, yeah, yeah, that's some that's some real sad news because we're only about forty minutes from Disney, mm. and uh, we, you know, of course, we've been there lots of times. But uh, I, you know, when when you come into Florida, you, it should be a given that, and, and even if you go out to Louisiana, it should be a given that uh, you know there's alligators and snakes and everything else out there, um, and these things can take your life in a matter of seconds. Yeah. As that was proven, you know, was with with the with the with their son, and um, but you know, it's, it's it's it was kind of a twofold issue there. You know, the the parents probably weren't watching the, the child close enough, or mm -hmm. or you know, and of course, you know, of course, Disney, you know, they probably should have stepped up the uh, a little more. Uh, surveillance on the alligators out there because alligators don't care where water is that they're going to go to it no matter if it's disney or a, a pond 20 miles away from disney um that's that's just a given <laughs> so so they they beefed up actually around their whole lakes now they have uh a three-foot fence mm -hmm. around the lake so uh so nobody no no kids can go over it and no alligators can come at you but uh, that's yeah. not going to stop this. That's not going to stop the snakes, though. But <laughs> so, yeah, the snakes get. Got to be careful really of those. Big yeah. There. yeah, Indiana Jones <laughs> would not be a fan of Florida. That's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> so, David, <laughs> what got you into researching skunk apes? Oh gosh, uh, it goes back to when I was seven years old. Um, my parents moved down from uh, Connecticut when I was two. So. Um, Florida is pretty much all I know. Um, so when we grew up in Florida, not much to do uh, where we lived. Um, we were living in a little north North Florida area, and it was a small town. And me and my brother used to go out in the woods and play a lot and uh, run the woods and have a good time and check out stuff and explore. And um, we used to also watch, you know uh, – kind of strange and unusual thing I, I think my parents uh didn't like us watching that kind of stuff because it was mm -hmm. to them it was kind of weird but we we're what we would watch uh in search of and mm -hmm. uh, of course we saw the patterson film on there and um 
when I saw the Patterson film, I was like, man, that would be cool if something like that really did exist out there in the woods, you know, because we're running around out of the woods like kids, you know, all the time. And, um, of course, we never saw anything like that or had any kind of experiences. But uh, that kind of stuck in my mind at that age. And then, as of course, as, as you get older, kids, you know, you forget this, that, and the other. And um, it wasn't until 1995 when I was getting into the computer field and um, – I was uh, playing around on the computer, doing searching the internet as it was back then, and I did a search on uh, Sasquatch Bigfoot, and I found all kinds of stuff out there on the subject. So um, I found, of course, the BFRO website, which was probably the only one out there that had a listing of all these sightings that was that was happening across the country. So uh, I would uh, stay up. We hours of the morning, just reading report after report in different areas and different areas. Uh, I, I think I, I didn't add them all up, but it it probably came to you know a couple thousand reports that I read. Uh, and in that process, I started picking up patterns of of these creatures and. Um, I said, man, I said, they, you know, they're doing the same thing in this part of the country as they do in this part of the country. And uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a pattern that they do. So I started picking up those things, and I started getting more interested into the fact that, hey, I need to get myself, my you know, boots on the ground, get out in the woods, and start putting this uh, knowledge to, to work. Um, so I be, I, I joined the BRFRO for probably uh, probably a little like a year and a half, maybe a year and three quarters. Um, I got out of that um, for many differences, um, probably same same difference other people have, but mm-hmm. regardless of that, um, I still wanted to do the research, so I I did. I I started doing the research and, and doing it on my own. I was going out there. In these areas uh, where known Sasquatch uh, activity was going on here in Florida. And uh, so I started putting that knowledge to work for my benefit. And um, then I said, you know, it's kind of lonely doing this by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so that's when in 2000 – I put together the independent Sasquatch research team, even though I was the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started getting some emails from other folks saying, hey, uh, you mind if I join and uh, to, to your team? And I'm like, sure. You know, you know how, you know, I started, you know, would drill the, the people as far as, you know, how interested are you in this? And, uh, you know, and uh, I wanted to, to, to uh, have, people on the team that were how's I'm, how am I going to say this to, that put the research first mm-hmm. you know and um, they're not in it for money or fame and, and that sort of thing because f- frankly this this research doesn't have time for that because we, we need the answers to the questions the many questions that are out there so um, as the years rolled by um, we started getting more and more people uh, wanting to to join the team because hey we like what you're doing um we want to we want to join there were some other folks that were with other groups as well that uh for whatever reason didn't like 
how they were doing things and they saw my team and I said, Hey, we're straight shooters. We're, you know, we're in it for the real reasons and uh, we're not out here to uh, make a mockery of it. So we got a, right now, as it stands, we have uh, about 20, 20 members on our team. Um, and there's a, a core group of us that are out, out there doing it all the time. So, um, and then there's, you know, the other folks on there that are you're able to do it when they can, you know, so to speak. Um, so we got a nice little group as, uh, even though it's, I've been doing this over 20 years, but, uh, it's a nice small group, but, uh, they're all dedicated and they're all on the level as far as, uh, the reasons that we, we need to be on the field doing this type of research. Yeah, David, I saw on your website, and you have a, a citing hotline number, which, of course, we will give out in the end here. But you guys get a call, and I saw that you return the call within 24 hours to the witness or witnesses. And I'm assuming you try to get out to the location probably as quick as possible. Uh, what is you guys' protocol in the field? Is that something that you you try to keep it very uniformed as far as what everyone is doing? Yeah, we try to um, follow a protocol of um, we want to determine if the person on the other line is telling us the truth first. Mm -hmm. um, we, we have to first and foremost, uh, you know, decipher that. And um, so we have to call the, the that person listen to their report um and as far as i do it um i i would ask him uh, specific questions uh, on on his on their encounter and then uh, let them go on with the whole story and uh, then i would uh, you know ask him other questions to bring them back to what they've told me already um and you know we kind of decipher through that if they are telling the truth or they're lying if their story changes you know quite a lot then um yeah there's there's something up or mm -hmm. or or they don't even call us back sometimes and i'm like okay well you know i called this guy uh -huh. like three or three or four times and they're not returning my calls either they're scared and they don't want um their name or anything they you know they they're they're chicken they don't they just want to run the other way and, and forget about it and don't want to get their name out there or something like that or it was an obvious hoax do you um, get that a lot david where people will just not even answer the call back uh, i've gotten that a few times um and at that point when if I, if I call like three or four times, they don't return my call I'll, after i leave messages with them i just drop it because you know, it's it's obviously it's one thing or the other. They they don't want to go for they don't want to pursue pursue this any further, or it was a just a, a joke or a blatant hoax or whatever, and they just want to get a laugh at it. So, you know, you got to look at it that way, and, and you can't let you can't take it personally because, you know, you know a lot of people out there want to hoax stuff or fake stuff and or just make a joke of everything. So, yeah. um, and then you just go on with life, you know, um, but. Uh, but that's only happened a few times um, to me. Um, but uh, well, I, I I'll interview them or, or or speak to them over the phone, and then I'll meet and try to meet them in person. And that's the next step. Is like, can, can I meet you in person? Let's go to the try to get there to the exact location and show me exactly where this happened. And that's the next step. 
So if, if, if they can't do that for me, say, well, no, I can't do that. And then, you know, they start backwatering, backpedaling on that. Um, then I start leaning again over to, okay, well, this mm-hmm. must, this must be a joke or a hoax because this guy or this person obviously doesn't want to go out to that location or they're too frightened to go out to that. So there's a lot of, a lot of things you have to, that you have to take in. Uh, when you interview interview folks, because you know it, it could it could be that they are just scared, they don't want to go in that area, and uh, or they don't want to relive the 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 whole process over again because right. it, you know, they're, they're having nightmares because of this thing they just saw. So um, so you have to you have to. It's, it's harder over the phone. You know, it's it's good to to get them out and say, hey, listen, let's just meet somewhere. You know, at a restaurant or something, and we'll just talk about it. And that kind of breaks the ice, you know. Then we try we we then we try to get them out to the location. And say, hey, listen, I'll I'll bring a couple of guys with me on our team, and we'll go out to that location. That way, you're not alone. I got other people with me on the team that uh, will uh, you know will be with you. So, you know, everything's cool. Um, so we try to do that way as well. Now, how many times have you guys gone out to a location? And you've actually found corroborating evidence to their story, whether it be a, a track or maybe a break if you guys are into tree breaks much or whatever it might be. We're into anything that uh, maybe any types of evidence that would lead to um, you know, Sasquatch evidence. Of course, you know, the best evidence is seeing a Sasquatch, a Sasquatch actually doing the event, but... Yeah. It, we're dealing with after the fact now because it's a you know a, a sighting that happened previously to somebody. But uh, well, we, we scan the area, we canvas the area uh, really good um, in areas of sightings, we're looking for sign, looking for tree breaks, looking for uh, tracks, um, anything that would relate to what these Sasquatches uh, leave behind. Um, now, not everything's Bigfoot, and I try to tell that to people. You know, some some people say, well, there's a bow in this tree over here. And I mm-hmm. said, well, well, go go over and examine it. Let's go look at it. And, um, you know, you have to examine the evidence, too. You can't you, you can't say everything's Bigfoot because, you know, that, that'll be ludicrous. Um, you know, there's, you know, you got human human traffic in there you know you got people you know depending on where it's at you know you got a lot of human activity going on so you can't you can't rule out that it's just uh sasquatch doing this it could be kids playing around it could be um a survival class out there building stuff you know they could be building shelters out there how do you decipher a human building a shelter from a Sasquatch building a, sel- a shelter. And that's all part of the training that we do with, uh, with uh, you know, new members that we, you know, we have. We, you know, we put them through a training process or especially out on, in the field um, of showing what, what is natural or what it could be, you know, human activity as opposed to Sasquatch activity. I really love Florida because you can be driving next to a little mini strip mall and restaurants and everything <laughs> else, and then you you drive another two blocks down the road, and you know there's maybe a little preserve of some sort, or it's all of a sudden it could be even a, a little park of uh, you know full of woods, and who knows what's in there. I absolutely love Florida; it's one of my favorite places. So I, I'm sure that you guys are in proximity to plenty of quote unquote training spaces, right? 
Oh yeah, we have yeah we have a lot of places. Um, where I live now, I'm probably about less than thirty minutes from an area where lots of sightings have happened, and and for the most part, these sightings are coming from uh, uh, hunters in the area that during hunting season and these things are in those areas during hunting season um you wouldn't think that you think they'd run off like the deer do but they don't um they equate that uh, you know hunters come in that means oh great free food we don't have to chase it <laughs> yeah you know so um there's a lot of a lot of hunters have reported um the sasquatch activity up in in uh like 30 minutes north of where I live, and um, which makes it nice for me because, you know, it doesn't take me long to get out there. Um, but also north of that is Ocala, and south of us is Mayaka, and even further south is the uh, Everglades. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we have a, a nice big corridor of, uh, of a wooded area there that these things can uh, travel back and forth to if, if need be. And you've heard me joking before about those poor Florida Bigfoot, the skunk ape, you know, just sweating their bags <laughs> off just every day, most of the year. Just you, It's so humid there. I mean, I had the first trip to Florida was in August and I was shocked at how just hot it was. And I'm from, you know, Nevada. And I'm sorry, folks, but there is a little difference in the <laughs> in the dry heat. I know that it's such a cliche to say, but it's a huge difference. And. But but I will say this, though. They might have the humidity and the heat, and, yeah, they might have to get in that murky water. Not that they really care about that, probably. But they have a—I mean, it's a full-on, like, the Rio buffet for them there. They have oh, an yeah. incredible amount of food source and, and water source there in Florida. Oh, yeah, they most definitely do. Um, one of the reports I got from a guy, uh, him and his family from Michigan, actually, <clears throat> they called me up and said, hey, we were, we were down in Florida, and we were out over uh, by Cedar Key, and they were driving back towards Gainesville, Florida. And as on their travels there, um, there was a there was a, they were traveling on 27, and it's a, a four-lane road, but in the mi- middle, there's a median there with woods and um, and woods on both sides of the highway. And they were in a – I think they were in a van or something like that, but there was him and three others in the van with them. And 100 yards up in front of this – in front of their van, this guy sees this thing come out of the wood line and cross over the – their their lanes of traffic and into the median and where where's wooded there still and, and it was gone i mean just you know he said it crossed that road like nothing he's ever seen before mm-hmm. and he said he goes you know what the strange part is and i, I asked him so what's the i said what's the strangest part other than that he goes mm-hmm. well it was a middle it was in the middle of the summer and it was carrying a it looked like it was carrying an infant one with it oh Wow. Well, so, yeah, so uh, I, I think I, they can uh, adapt to the heat down here and the yeah. humidity and all the other pains that <laughs> come well, with it. Yeah, can you imagine how <laughs> how much they get bit and stung and, you know, just they must be uh there's some anti-venom they have, right? <laughs> like they're all a the lot better. <laughs> they're a lot better than I am out there in the middle oh, of the night. The oh my god. And, oh, I was yeah. just going to say the mosquitoes alone. <laughs> you know, I watch the, I like to watch the show Naked and Afraid. 
And oh, yes. I think Bye. that the worst part of that show is watching them just get eaten by bugs every day, oh, yeah. every night, and they're just they're covered in welts. I'm like, I think the bugs would be the thing that that makes you tap out, at least for me. I, for me too, I think, because I was like, oh my god, how can they stand that? I was like, I can I can stand anything else, but the mosquitoes is yeah. just out of this world because that would just drive me nuts. Yeah, talk about degrading your mental state really, really rapidly. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details exactly so David, and, and I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say there was an episode of Naked Afraid that you brought up, and it was uh, actually in Louisiana. And there was an episode there. Um, I'm actually going to try to tie that into my presentation that I'm working on. Um, and you can actually hear this thing making a noise out there. Mm. And at the time, it was just this one guy because the, the 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 girl that he was with. Uh, after day three, she was done with it. She tapped out and <laughs> went home. Oh, was this so the one he, that the second try? Is that her? Was it yeah, her second try? Right. I think. I'm not quite sure. I think they, they brought in another girl for this guy. Oh, okay. Because it was they, the other one. What she didn't stay that very that, you know very long. Yeah. So they they brought this other girl and didn't tell him. But you know she just shows up and he goes, "Hey, oh great!" And then they're sitting there at night, you know. And of course he doesn't appear that he's told her about this noise that he's been hearing and she hears and she goes what's that and he goes oh yeah you're gonna hear some stuff out here <laughs> and, and so uh, it, does it the just camera pick it up at all oh yeah uh, it picks oh, it up what does it sound like <laughs> it sounds like a loud yell or a moan and like it's not that far but then he as the as their nights continue, they're sitting around the you know their little hut and their little fire, and all of a sudden they hear this thing, these twigs breaking, and something's walking mm. like on two two feet around their uh, camp. And he goes, "Oh God, there's something over there. It's walking on, <laughs> you know." And they're freaking out. Oh, and I was like, "Man, that's awesome!" I said, "You just probably just you know had a Sasquatch 
come into your area. Man, I I think I've seen most of those. I think I remember that one. Is that the one there? It's a lot of water they're in, basically a Louisiana swamp, and they're up on one of the hammocks a lot of the time, like they're camped on a hammock or something. Yeah, I think so. They yeah. they had a they had a little area that washed out, yeah. and uh, they had to uh, actually move from that area to another area. That show cracked but, me up, man. Some of those people, like the guy that ate the mushroom, and you're like, you no, if you don't, you don't eat the mushroom <laughs> if you don't know what it is. What are you doing? We'll have to oh, look yeah. at that one, huh? Uh, Louisiana episode, very cool. So, David, you said you were going to be giving a talk. Where are you going to be speaking? Well, actually, I'm just uh, uh, I'm not speaking anywhere yet, but uh, um, I'm just preparing a uh, presenta- presentation up because at some point um, we're kicking around the idea of having a, uh, a conference here in Florida. And I want to model it after you know some of the other conferences out there, you know, uh-huh. that are that are doing good, like at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference and that. Um, so we're kind of kicking that around, um, but I'm just, I, I, you know, kicking the idea around of putting a, a presentation together because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people want to know what's hey, what's going on in Florida? We don't hear a whole lot coming out of Florida, so I'm trying to get things together as far as that goes, and. Uh, um, at, le- at least for our team, you know what what's going on, what we're finding, and and all that. So um, we're yeah. trying to get the wheels rolling on that. Yeah, let me know if you need any help. I'll uh, I'll be happy to shout from the rooftops if you guys get something yeah. rolling, get some people yeah. over there. That'd be that'd be incredible. I mean, it it's Florida skunk apes. You got to have something, right? You got to have something. Yeah, you got to have you got to bring something to the table. What you've been working on over the, all these years. <laughs> Oh, no, I just meant, like, Florida. They need something big in Florida. Like, the OBC, obviously, is oh, yeah, really one yeah. of the top ones that comes to mind. But Florida needs, like, a really massive one, I think, like the OBC. I completely agree. And what better place to have it here in the state of Florida? You're surrounded by ocean, you know? And, Absolutely. <laughs> and, and Disney, of course. But Oh, there's a lot of beautiful spots there in Florida. And I just I always love just... You know, you come home and there's just like geckos all over your house, and there's like baby <laughs> yeah. gators in the canal behind the house. It's it's one I love Florida. Frogs, I cannot say yeah. enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the little tree frogs, <laughs> the perfect little. They look so fake. The little green tree frogs, right? They look like they're plastic. They do. They do. And they're little. And they're all. They're all over the place. <laughs> oh man, they're like it's like a frog infestation. It's incredible. Except for those those darn sinkholes, right? Florida's pretty damn cool. And the, the yeah, I would. I think yeah, I think everybody would uh, would safely uh, say that that's a scary thing. Yeah, truly. Uh, no, no matter where you live at, even if it's a mudslide, yeah. you know, in, in California, or if it's a sinkhole in Florida, or or a hurricane, um, you know, no matter where you go, they're going you're going to have some kind of issue with weather and everything else so you know it's sinkholes are, are scary because you you know it's like basically taking the rug out from under you you know yeah. it's, it, it happens that fast yeah i was watching something on the weather channel and it just happened to be about florida and of course the sinkholes came up and some poor guy had happened to be living with his or did he live like two doors down maybe he lived two, do- two doors down from his brother and the exact part of the house that went underneath like 200 feet into the ground was his brother's bedroom and he heard it happen because I'm sure it's very loud when the earth gives way and I guess the poor guy you know he climbed down the hole trying to find his brother but it just it didn't happen and the guy yeah the guy passed. yeah he was yeah he was so far down oh. um 
it was yeah, there's no it, uh, there's no safe way to to try to rescue anybody because right. you just don't know if it's going to collapse even more and, and there you go you know as as well yeah yeah it's it's just it's a horrible thing um, but unfortunately that it's happening more and more because of the aquifer here in Florida and there's mm-hmm. so many people here and you know when you take that away from the natural uh, aquifer uh, bad things happen. You know, that's, that's, that's the nature of the beast here in Florida. You know, everyone, everyone wants to be here, but, uh, it hurts the environment some, somehow or another. You guys that have been there a long time are like, you can stay where you are. You don't need to come to our state because it's getting worse. I just, I actually, I, I cannot stand the heat down here, but, uh, (laughs) it's brutal. I think it's gotten worse, but, um. But anyhow, we we deal with it. You know, if this if if the Sasquatch can deal with it, you know, so can I. Sort yeah, of. and they're they're just covered <laughs> in mounds and mounds of hair, right? I don't know how they put up with it. I if, don't I, if, I, if I ever if I ever sat down with one down here and, and spoke to him, I was like, the first thing I'm going to ask him is, how the heck do you put up with the mosquitoes down here? And then, you know, that's, yeah. that'll be my question. <laughs> I'd be like, do you want me to shave that all off for you? I can help you out for a month or two. You know, and just shave that right off. <laughs> yeah yeah those poor things like no wonder um you know people have said the the bishopville lizard man maybe was just a an algae covered sasquatch which is you know could very well be right um i mean i it if could. i was in florida i'd be in the water all the damn time maybe enough oh, to yeah. get algae to cover me so exactly i mean that's the coolest place to be at yeah. is in the water with so. the gators and all dude like if you're that big though you're like don't you're not gonna mess with me buddy so Exactly. I think they have. I think they have them outnumbered. (laughs) Yeah, they probably have some sort of a a contractual agreement there between the sass and the the gators. I don't care how big the gator is; they're not going to be messing with those big boys. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. So I know that you've been very close to what you thought was a sasquatch. You said in between seventy and one hundred yards. Is is that your one time that you? I mean, you were like really pumped up, like maybe you were going to see something. Is that your one uh, almost sighting, I should say? I would say almost sighting uh, because um, as far as from what I heard, it, and I tell people this, and I know it sounds funny, but it, I tell them, I said, it sounded like a two-legged elephant running through the woods. Mm. And, <laughs> and at the time, I, I was going, I've been going out in this area, and this is a known area for a couple of guys have been getting some weird strange stuff in this area and they've been out in this area and for a couple like three years and i was out there by myself i do a lot of stuff by myself sometimes so i go out on my own and i was testing out a my gopro camera i just got not too long ago and unfortunately um the test the test kind of failed as far as the audible because the the video was great but the audible kind of really sucked because i had it encased in the uh, gopro casing that they give you yeah you can't hear a thing uh, huh can't hardly hear a thing but uh, i was i was recording i was looking at a pond and uh, that had alligators in it of course and i was kind of like oh yeah look at the look at the alligators in here and then all of a sudden right behind me there's another pond behind me and it's a spring-fed pond which is clear and you can see pretty much the bottom of the the pond well right behind me i i hear this choom, 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 and it's gone i mean it's like and i'm turning around i'm like holy you know what and i turn around and i'm hoping i'm getting all this on 
the GoPro, you know, the, the audio, of course, the video. And I'm, I'm at first, I thought this thing was coming at me. So I turn around, I'm looking in that direction and I, I don't see anything because the foliage was so thick and the sound, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that it was probably another 40 yards from me. And I said, okay, well, something obviously is, is running on two legs behind me. So I go closer to the area. And, you know, that's what I tell people always do. And they're, they look at me like I'm nuts. Why would you go uh-huh. closer to something like that? I said, well, you have to get the best video, audio, whatever. You know, this is what you're here for. So you have to do that. You know, in my mind, that's what you're out here doing. Um, so you get closer to the subject that you are researching. And I get into this area where I've heard the sound, and I don't see nothing. I mean, it's dead quiet. I'm looking around. I even broke out my binoculars, and I'm looking around <laughs> this area. I'm like, okay, something's got to pop up. Some, some, something has got to move. Something's got to, you know, pop up and run even more. But nothing. And I hung out there probably a good twenty minutes just looking around in that area and I didn't see anything and <laughs> and I'm you know how you play it in your head you're like did I really hear something like right that? did I this is really I mean, you play it back in your head and like no I did and then of course you know I said well I got my camera so I you know I gotta have this on audio well when I get when I get home I you know pop the chip in the computer and I'm trying to look at this video and I'm like oh my god I have to turn the sound way up and you can barely hear this. You can hear it, but it's real faint. I'm like, oh, no, this thing was the, – the sound was 20 times more than this, what I have on this thing. I was like, And I was so upset because I should have had brought my other camera, which is a Sony Handycam, which has awesome sound capabilities. And I said this thing would have picked it up great, but I didn't bring it. Um, that uh, kind of pissed me off too because I'm like, okay – what kind of researcher are you? They don't, you know, have bring your fallback stuff with you. See, but if you would have brought that, one. it probably would have <laughs> never have happened because it's like the, the it's just the universe. It's just the way it seems to work sometimes when you're out I, researching, doesn't it? I think you're right because <laughs> because every time I bring it, nothing really happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I found. Yeah. I'm like, I'm ready, dude, and absolutely nothing happens. But when I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna go for a little walk real quick. Something nutty happens. You're like, God. Yeah, and then you're questioning yourself, well, do they know that I right. have this stuff in my how can they how do they know what I have in my pack? Because I have a you know, I have my backpack with me and you know, I have all my, you know, survival stuff and all my gear that I need and um how, you know, so but uh, I'll tell you I will tell you this, in that same general location of the where this happened at, um and we went out uh this past year, um, I wanna say it was back in uh uh, January or February of this past year, and it was me, um, another gentleman, of my, a friend of uh, on the team, uh, and another lady on the team. We were out there, and we're just hiking around. We're just checking out the area, and this was at night. This probably about 9.30 at night, and we're hiking down this trail, and it's, it's kind of cool. It's probably in, maybe in the 50s, which is nice because the mosquitoes aren't, you know, they're, they're somewhere, but not on us. Um so we're hiking down this trail, and we're uh, – I stop abruptly. I'm like, whoa, do you feel that? And everyone stops, just the three of us stop, 
dead in our tracks. And what we hit, what is, you know, you're talking about 50 degree weather, okay? And what we walked into felt like what I call a, a hot spot. Hmm. And not only that it was warm, I mean, it was, it was, it was significantly probably about 10 to 20 degrees difference. And also it had a burning electrical smell to it. Hmm. Now get this. Um, we thought that was weird, of course, and we're looking around and we pressed on. We hit two other areas just like that on that same trail. And I didn't notice it, but coming back, when we came back the same way, we those we, we hit those same three areas again. And I just happened to look up and notice the, air, the area that we we're in, that there were some uh, tree breaks. I mean, broken trees, about three to four inches in diameter, broken about six feet off the ground in that same general area. You know, you talk about weird. I was like, okay, what does this have anything to do with with Sasquatch? Mm, interesting. <laughs> you know? Okay, and, so what what's your guesses on that with those certain areas? That is what I what I tell people. That is the thing that you have to put on the table of discovery. Mm -hmm. uh, things that you that makes you scratch your head and wonder about. It's one of those things you just throw it on the table and come back to because you, you don't have an answer to it. You're like, what does this, what does it mean? And we don't know what it means because it's weird. Um, it happened. Three of us are there. We witnessed it. We felt it. We smelt it. And it was just strange. Mm -hmm. And, Did you know, it's just one of those things you just, you know, you got to throw on the table and say, okay, we got to come back to this later because this was weird. <laughs> was there any feeling of, you know, when you're in the electrical charge area and it's it's warmer and you know it's something different, was there this sense of we have to leave right now? Like, was there any of that that you have, you know, we've all heard that in certain aspects of, of sighting reports? I didn't feel that. I don't think the uh, the other two people felt that on our team that, we, that was with us. Um, it was more like, what the heck is this? You know, we, want, mm -hmm. we were trying to trying to figure it out. You know, we we never had a feeling of okay, this is weird. We got to get out of here, kind of thing. Um, I have felt that before, but I, I didn't have that feeling at that moment that any of that was going on. It, it was just a weird, like, okay, this is strange. Right. Write now, this down. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just put it in the in the brain bank and see what happens later. Um. Now, of course, this is something that I jotted down. Just me being me, and I talk about a lot of weird subjects, as you know, and that's the whole paranormal aspect of of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, skunk apes, and now paranormal it might be a very strong word to use for what you guys ran into, but that is really interesting because I I didn't know that you were going to say that right. So, I mean, <laughs> maybe not just labeling that paranormal, but maybe do you think they have extra abilities? that we are just not aware a mammal can do right now. Well, you know, I, I, when I got into this back in 95 and I started doing research, field research, uh, shortly after that, I thought like everybody else, hey, this is a flesh and blood uh, thing. You know, it's, you know, it poops, it eats, it does all those other things that other animals do. Um, but, you know, 
as I've gotten into this and as I've heard more th weird, strange things of uh, things happening to people and people seeing these things actually happen mm -hmm. with these, you know, with them involved, the Sasquatch involved with these, you know, I'm starting to think that they're, they have some sort of abilities that we don't have or we don't know how to use. Yeah. Apparently, they do because they're not in it. You know, they don't have to get up at whatever time in the morning to go to work and feed kids and, you know, this, that, and the other. You know, they're living out in the wild. You know, their senses are high. Um, so, do they have special abilities? You know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe they do. I can't say that, you know, that I've seen that actually happen. Um, but listening to other folks you know, have seen these experiences or had experiences with these Sasquatches doing this, that, and the other, and it's paranormal, which means, you know, out of the normal right, of every, everyday life, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, it, it kind of falls into play. And that right there, I don't, I'm, I can't, you know, can't relate that to Sasquatch. I, I can relate it to, hey, that's weird. I never had this before. Of all the years I've been out in the you know, researching, I never felt that ever before or smelt that in relation to a, a heat source and electrical burning smell all mm -hmm. at the same time. That was just totally weird. That was off the Richter right there for me. Um, and you guys were out, I mean, basically in the middle of nowhere. There's no, you're not on some power grid. There's no power lines over you, anything like that, right? Nothing like that. No, no. Um, I wouldn't say we were out in the middle of nowhere. Um, the area we were at was considered the, the green swamp mm -hmm. uh, here in Florida. Um, but there were, you know, within a three quarters to a mile were, were homes. Okay. Um, so it's not really out in the middle of nowhere, right. but it was, it's like I said, it's, it's in an area that there's some activity going on in there. But um, can I relate what, you know, what we felt that night? Sasquatch, I can't, you know, connect the two. I can just say, hey, well, what we experienced that night was weird. And we just so happened to see, you know, uh, these tree, trees broken over on each of those locations. Right. And you guys were, in fact, out there searching for Sasquatch. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, at, we're out there uh, checking out an area and we had our... Uh, had my parabolic mic trying to pick up some audio, mm -hmm. audio audio sounds and uh you know just basically trying to get in the middle of uh in the in the sasquatch area to see what we can get and hear and see and basically that's what we we're doing no i i totally agree with you there david and i have to say when you say the word paranormal a lot of people to them it's a four-letter word right they're like <laughs> oh my god ba 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 paranormal but they don't really, like you said, it just means not of the norm. It maybe just means something we don't understand right now. And But they automatically, we're not talking about a Bigfoot flying on UFOs. We're not taking it that far. But, I mean, right. maybe they just can access a different part of their brains that we can't. And if we could, we could probably maybe get closer to doing what they do. But as I've said many times, I love to think of them as the Liam Neesons of the woods. They're built for it. That's what they do. Like you said, they're they're heightened to their senses and their um, their environment. And even if it's just something as simple as using X amount more of their brain 
to a certain extent to use in their environment, yeah, I could kind of see where they could maybe throw out some extra stuff to where it oh. completely throws us off. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, if you think of the size of these creatures, and, and a lot of people have a misconception here in Florida with skunk apes and the ones out west. We've got I've got, we've found tracks 18 inches long yeah. in, in in Florida, so if you equate that with the the height, you're looking at something about eight feet tall. Yeah, and uh, so there, there's it's nothing, you know, to say that these things couldn't get bigger. And and some folks have even mentioned that they've seen 10 to 12 foot tall sasquatches down here or skunk apes. Mm-hmm. Um, but taking account their size. And taking account that, and, and I tell people, our biggest thing that we look at is people's reports because they're the ones that were there. They're the ones that seen it. They, they're the ones bringing the information to us. So we have to examine the, the actual report that they're bringing to us. Um, if they're saying this thing moved faster than a ninja through the woods, well, of course, you know, they, if, if they're comparing that to something other than a deer, uh, of course, they have to be faster than deer because mm-hmm. guess what? They're that's, that's what they part eat. of their. That's, that's right. what they eat. That's that's our food source. Um, so yeah, I think they do have special abilities or better abilities than humans because heck, man, they've been doing this a long time. You know, Dave, on our I was, content. Yeah, I I was watching the show. I was prey, and it was on in the background. I was doing other things, but this gal was talking about. I don't even know where she was. I'm I'm going to be the worst at retelling this, but it's it's to just prove a little point here. It had to do with a polar bear, and for some reason, she was in proximity to this damn polar bear. I don't know if it's a zoo or I don't know. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't know the background, guys, but basically, it started running at her. Oh gosh! And she said there was no sound. Right. And what does that sound like? It was completely silent. Now, we know a polar bear exists and they are flipping massive. And here is a known animal. No, you know, uh, special abilities are not trying to hide from us. They're not shy from humans. Unfortunately, we capture them and put them in zoos. But she said it was completely silent. So, you know, when people go, oh, well, you know, it, it, it's just so how can that even be real that you didn't hear it come in? But it is real because even this woman here and by the way, I think it chomped on her head by the end, oh, and she was alive to talk <laughs> about it, obviously. But, yeah, she said it was completely silent. So that was my point, that, you know, things right. that we know about, they're they're built like that. That is how they are made so that, like you said, they can go and eat things that they need to eat. Exactly. I, I, uh, <clears throat> I actually got a uh, inside um, – I, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he sent me an a, a audio – recording of an investigation that he did here in florida um and i i pitched it over to um to jeff meldrum and only because jeff meldrum brought this up that he he thought in a similar fashion that um he thought the bottom of their feet were somewhat like elephants Hmm. and how how elephants can sneak up on you know in africa they can sneak sneak up on uh tribes uh-huh. and they can be they can be right on top of them and they won't even hear them well uh, elephant's foot is uh, real spongy and um so when i was listening to this guy's uh, uh interviewing this lady and she was actually uh telling her story of her son was out hunting and he was 
trying this new gun out or something. And he was all in camouflage and he was leaning up against a tree. And this Sasquatch came running past him. I don't know if it, I don't know if it ever saw him or what, but mm-hmm. he said that he said the first thing he does, he, he saw that. And then he looked down at this thing's feet to see what the heck it is. And he, he says, as he looked at the feet, he can see as the foot hit the ground, he said he saw that the meat kind of pushed out. Mm-hmm. And he said the thing kind of just glided through the woods like you can barely hear it move. So I pitched that to to uh, to Jeff Meldrum. I haven't heard back from him yet on that. But uh, I said, hey, remember you telling me or telling us about uh, you, you kind of think their feet are kind of like elephants? So I said, listen to this uh uh, in, in, uh, investigation here this uh, this lady's story and uh, so I haven't heard back from him yet on that but uh, I figured he would you know you know he might be right on the mark with that yeah because you know and, you know they can they can run through the through the bush and sound like a uh, like a a truck coming at you or right if they want to or or yeah if they want to yeah. or they can be st- or they can run through their stealthily you know like the forest ninjas they are <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, forest ninjas, Liam Neesons of the woods. I mean, they really are. They're just they are they're bad at the bone. They're just built for it. That's yeah. that's all there is to it. And there might be, sorry guys, but there might be some other things that we just in our. I mean, sorry, but our tiny brains can't just wrap around right now. Maybe some other things that that they might be capable of. Oh yeah, most Which definitely. Would be we, I mean, incredible to find out, right? Like how they're doing yeah. some of these things. Exactly, and that's part of the some of the questions, many of the questions we all have on these things, and we don't know everything. I mean, I, I've been doing this over twenty years, and I still don't know a lot of stuff that they do. You know, I you know I know their habits, I know their food, you know those mm-hmm. sort of things. We know we know all the typical stuff that they do. Yeah. Um, over the years, you know, you you gather all that information, um, uh, but now, you know, as the rabbit hole goes deeper, you know. You're finding stranger things that these things are doing. <laughs> well, and unfortunately, as time goes on, the questions become more important. Questions as such as, why no bones? Why no body yet? Right? What are your thoughts on that? I, th- I think they do bury their dead. Uh, only because they don't want uh, other animals feeding on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think that they do live in family groups. They may have, uh, you know, you call them sentinels or relatives that uh, guard the family. Um, I, th- I do believe that that they do that. Um, they are there to scare us humans away because, you know, there might be a family group over here that they absolutely don't want human activity involved with that group. Uh, only because, you know, hey, some people out there – see something strange they want to shoot them and i'm sure they've been shot at down here hundreds of times um but i i, I do think they do live in uh, family groups um i think they protect their family like anybody else would um so yeah i think they i think they do bury their dead or they do something with their dead to where and, and down here in florida and anywhere else um if if the if you bury bones or any kind of a dead animal in marshy areas it's it's going to decay it's going to decay with inside of a week and there would be nothing left maybe hair but 
then you got birds and everything else that makes nest out of it, which is another good avenue to look at is birds nest for hair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. That's a really good point. Yeah. I've actually never heard that before, but that's a really good point. Just knock all the nests down that you might see. If they don't have eggs, guys, just leave the eggs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm all about keeping the animals as safe as possible. I don't like just to kill things for just, you know, whatever else. Not I, even for science. Yes. No, yeah. <laughs> if you can help it at all costs, you know, just try to keep things safe. Because known animals, when they know they're going to pass on, and I have had this with my own animals, they, they don't want to come and snuggle with you and be close to you or be close to even another animal that even they've been around their whole life. They will go in a closet. They'll go behind a bed or under a bed. They want to be alone. They know they're yes. going to die. Right, um, right. Like that's, you know, that's, I get that. And um, the family group thing, totally agree with that. If they're sticking together, of course, I, I do feel like they would want to make sure that their, their loved one is taken care of. And uh, maybe they do have something as close to a, a burial like we would. But, and I've said this before, kind of in a, a tongue-in-cheek joking manner, but I'm like, why can't there just be one that during all these road crossings, he just, and there was one on your website, wasn't there, where one did get hit by a car, by a vehicle. He he cut it a little bit too close, man, with his jump across that road and he got hit, but he he didn't die, right? Like, I'm like, why can't there just be one that screws it up for the entire species? Yeah, it, it, you know, fortunately, he was it was able to you know run off and go back into the woods and mm-hmm. and get away. But uh, um, I've I've read reports of where one of them have has gotten smashed by semi or what have you, and not saying that's true or not, but uh, you know the 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 guys come by in the in in the in the van and pick it up and tell the guy, well, right. what you saw, what, what you hit was a. Uh, a bear that was uh, deformed, and uh, yeah. we we're looking for it for several months or whatever, you know. And they miss it. He's like, "Yeah, okay, well, that wasn't a bear." Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I believe the men in black do play a part in everything. Anything that walks, crawls, flies, or or whatever here on our planet, I think they do have a, a an agenda to keep it out of the public's eyes. And um, but uh, there was a gentleman. Um, uh, uh, that was driving a semi truck um, that we had a report with that um, crossed in front of him, and he said, "You know, typical Sasquatch behavior. I mean, this thing darted out in front of him." He said, "He, he, it was in the in the moment where you know you had to almost you thought about slamming on brakes, but the thing moved so fast he didn't have to. It just it darted in front of him. And he was gone." and he said he was going about 55, 60 miles an hour, and, uh, you know, it was it was going that fast. And uh, he said the – I asked him, I said, well, how, how tall do you think this thing was that, that, that was moving that fast? And he said, well, if it stood and looked at me while I was sitting in my tractor trailer and in my window, he said that window is seven feet tall mm. from the from, – from his window to the to the ground, and he said it, it was every bit of that tall. I love that one. I absolutely yeah. love that one. I went to your site and I was going through some of the reports, and uh, I mean that was one of the more recent ones, right, from uh, last year. But that one yeah. really is striking. Um, didn't he say it was uh, was it the was this one that was reddish brown or it was the other one? I think. It, oh, this was the, the grayish colored one, right? Right. Yes. Yeah, that was. Uh, 
That was a grayish color one that he saw, and um, he was familiar with the area because he goes there. It's almost like he has a, a run through that every uh, area every week, and he uh, he actually pointed out some roads that I knew of, and he goes, you know this road and this road? And I said, yeah, I know that road. <laughs> and uh, he goes, yeah, man. He goes, this is for, I, I go down these roads all the time, and uh, he goes, I haven't seen anything like that before until that night. And uh, he actually lives in Georgia, <laughs> and he saw this here in uh, in Florida. So, um, yeah, I really like your follow up because you went out there yourself, and you guys seem really thorough with your investigations. But something interesting. Oh, we have to be. Yeah. yeah, we have to be. I mean, this this research. I, you know, I've been doing this over twenty years, and and I've seen it. I, you know, it interests me at the age of seven. So, to do a shoddy job. At this point, is ridiculous. You know, you you have to cross the T's. You, cross, you have to cross, you know, dot your eyes, cross the T's, all that sort of stuff. You, you know, and you have to decipher through all the muck and stuff, or all the fake stuff. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You know, and um, and all you're all you're wanting is the truth. That's all you're wanting is the truth, and you're you're wanting answers. And uh, so it's, it's it's a lot of work to do it. Yeah, it takes a lot of personal time, too. I don't think people realize that um, a lot of time away from home and the family. And, you know, if you're not working, well, then you got to work on Sasquatch stuff, right? So if, right. if that's what you choose, then I, I like that you guys are doing it right. Yeah, in your report here, you say you you did try to contact one of the homeowners, which, interestingly enough, there uh, was an ostrich farm around there. So it kind of makes you wonder if the Sass was hanging around maybe to check out the ostrich farm, right? <laughs> Uh, exactly. I actually uh, talked to um, the owner there, and um, they he said that they lost a few animals here and there, and they don't know what happened. He, he, he thought it was maybe a fox or something else in the area that could have been, but I… A fox, I, though, right? You're a like, fox, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, there are foxes in the area, yeah. but, you know… Size uh, difference if, if he calls me and says, "Hey, one of my ostriches just you know up and left somewhere," yeah. Um, that's yeah, that's a different story. I <laughs> right. think yeah. Okay, well, uh, it wasn't a fox that took it. I'll, I guarantee you that. <laughs> so yeah, and, look and up this a was fox also... and then an ostrich, folks, and you can see why we're kind of chuckling about the whole fox idea from the okay. farmer. Yeah. And this was also close to a river. I mean, that this river mm -hmm. goes. Um, uh, gosh, that river is a hundred and ten. 10 miles, I think it wow. is. It, it goes through a different, it goes through, yes. Yeah, what river is that, David? It's the uh, Withacoochee River. Okay. And uh, it goes through, uh, through, it goes through a lot of different counties, but it's 110 miles. And the Green Swamp itself uh, is, um, is a little over 5,000 square acres. Or actually, more more than that. Actually, it's 110 square acres. Um, there's a, a state park now in that area, and that's that's over 5,000 acres. And uh, believe it or not, where they put the where they have the state park now used to be a cattle uh, mm. uh, field that the cat, the beef people owned, and they sold it to the state, and they made a state park out of it. Uh, the state did. Um, <laughs> And interesting enough is that we were getting all kinds of stuff in that area. We were getting wood knocks. We were getting whoops, yells, whistling, all kinds of stuff in that area where they have this uh, state park. So they're in the process of uh, creating uh, campsites in there now. So we're all, you know, drooling at the um, 
I am waiting for that to open so we can get in there and uh, do some real good research in that area. Because, and also as well, there's power lines, distribution lines that run right beside it, and which is another avenue that you know Sasquatch uses to to maneuver themselves through different parts of the forest. Yeah, they're nice and nice and clear under those power lines. Exactly. So, how long ago were were all the cattle taken out of that area? Oh gosh, that was. Probably, I'm guessing here, I'm just throwing it out there, I want to say six to seven years ago or more longer. Oh, okay, quite a while quite a um, ago then. Right, they're yeah. they're still hanging out there then, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, even though the, they, they sold that property off to the state park, the, the cattle owner, owner still has property in and around that whole area. So oh. it's still huge. I mean, he still has property out there with cattle on it. Is there any reports that have come into you about... Um, you know, cattle missing or mutilated or anything like that? I haven't heard anything about that because I, I have spoken to some of the um, the game wardens. And, of course, you know, game wardens mm. down here, they <laughs> are kinda, they're kind of tight-lipped on a uh-huh. lot of things. And um, even with the bobcat, you know, not the bobcat, but the, uh, I'm sorry, the panthers. Panthers, yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. And they'll they'll deny that there's panthers up there, but uh-huh. yeah, but yeah. Well, see I, them <laughs> I see, I see, yeah, I see the tracks out there all the time. Yeah. You're like, hmm, not so, not recognized, huh? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, but um, in this one particular area that we're talking about, um, I I, I spoke to uh, a the park ranger there in that area, and he's he's not in that location anymore. He transferred up to North Florida, and. Of course, he's trying to deny this and that, and, and he goes, listen, he goes, the panther thing, he goes, we got to tell you that they don't exist up here because we don't want and Tom, Dick, and Harry coming out here trying to shoot them and kill them and put yeah. them on their wall or whatever they do, yeah. you know, and he goes, but I'll tell you, I will tell you this. He says, you guys need to go out there and camp on the primitive site next to the power lines. Oh, boy. I said, I said why? He goes, because there is an 800-pound owl out there <laughs> yeah. and i said an 800 pound owl he goes he said it's either an 800 pound oh, owl yeah. or something imitating an owl out there oh, he says boy. he goes i've he goes he goes i'm a good old boy and i'm hunted in all these uh, in the woods a lot since i was you know 10 years old he goes i've heard every sound out there he says but that sound he said it made the hair stand up on the back of his neck <laughs> you're like yes 800 pound owl that's right up the alley <laughs> So we got a lot of a lot of good areas right here, yeah. um, hotspot hot areas, and there's and there, we got some other areas in, in the state of Florida that are uh, you know under investigation. We had one not too long ago, actually from uh, uh, you probably know him as well, Wes uh, yeah. from Sasquatch Chronicles. Uh-huh. Actually, I, I listen to your show too, and I listen to Wes's show. Just hey, give, no, you know? no problem there. I, me and Wes I, I listen- are still friends. It's yeah, uh, there's no problems there. No, I, I, I listen because that's infra, information for me. Absolutely. Still listen getting great stories on that show, so yeah. I'm really happy about that. Yeah, and I heard a story on there, and I said, Wes, I, I emailed him. I said, Wes, you got to give me this guy's information or give him my information, this, that, and the other. So he did, he, and this guy calls me, and it happened on the East Coast, actually. And this one was probably the most aggressive uh report that I ever heard in the state of Florida actually and 
I got with a guy. The guy was still shaken up, and this was only a month and a half after it happened. And I talked to him on the phone for about an hour. He gave me the coordinates of this place, and I said, okay, well, that's, you know, I, I'm a pretty familiar with that area because um, it's close to a railroad track. And I used to I used to work on the railroad back many years ago, and I, I was very familiar with that area. It's very thick and wooded, and, and uh, not only that, but it's, it's north of the uh, – the Cape Canaveral. Um, so his story was very intriguing. He uh, got charged at in a kayak, and then he flipped out of the kayak because the thing, this thing scared the heck out of him. Mm. And um, he got a good look at it, really good details of it. And um, so long story short, uh, I called up one of the guys on our team, and I said, hey, we got to go out there and check this area out. And unfortunately – the weekend we were going to go out there, uh, Hurricane Matthew come rolling up the coast of Florida and messed up a lot of the, you know, what we were hoping to find as, as evidence out there. Uh, so we had to reschedule that, of course, to another weekend. But we did eventually get out there. Um, and on my um, YouTube channel, which is called Tracking Sasquatches, uh, you can see the the video out there that we did. I did a uh, a video uh, on our uh, us tra traversing through the area and checking it out. We actually camped on an island out there, um, just off the off the off the uh, the coast there, um, and we left the co uh, the island into this area where this guy had this his encounter, and it's very squatchy out there. I mean, the, there could be a couple family of sasquatches living out there for all mm -hmm. I know. Um, but that is still under investigation. Um, that one, uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep our eyes on on that area because that was uh, probably the most aggressive uh, encounter that anybody had and has in the state of Florida that I know of Why as of right now. Why do you think he was so pissed off, the Sasquatch? I mean, um, I think it, I think he um, was messing up. Uh, uh, a hunt for the Sasquatch because there was pigs out there mm -hmm. and he, he thought for a moment that he scared these pigs up and or he did something and messed up the this Sasquatch's hunt um, but the whole detail on that whole story was, was, was awesome because he said um, this thing had peered he, he first he got a, a wicked smell that it almost made him puke um, and then he said he heard, he saw this thing peer from him, peer at him from behind a prom from, and he goes, what does that? A bear doesn't do that. Oh boy. Yeah. And, uh, he said, this thing stared at him for like 30 seconds. And then he said, and he said, just like lightning, this thing bolted toward him. He goes, I never seen anything move that fast. Mm -hmm. And he, it came out into the water towards him. He was 20 feet from this thing and he said but when this thing came out into the water he was now probably about 15 feet from this thing and oh the, and my the, gosh yeah this, and this yeah this creature is standing in in about two or three foot of water oh. he's flipped he's flipped flipped backwards in his kayak he's in the water and he's like holding up his his oh oar, screaming at this thing like go right. away bear. like what else can <laughs> you do at that point <laughs> yeah. right exactly and uh but the poor, the poor guy, he's got PTSD, um, um, yeah. and he doesn't remember. And that's 
and that's part of it. You know, he doesn't remember even going home, how, how he got back to his vehicle, and he was like, you know, all the effects of PTSD. And, uh, you know, he just doesn't want, he doesn't want to be crazy. I think he's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but it did, it did take a turn for the worst, not, not the worst, but the weird, I should say, um, later on. And, uh, kind of got involved with a, a friend of his that was a, uh, officer of the fish and wildlife and all that but uh it got weird after that and uh you wonder why why they want to cover up such things but uh mm, who knows? no that's a that's a good teaser for that episode do you know what how long ago was that sc episode because i can link it um, um so people can hear the, the whole the whole episode and the details yeah that happened last year actually okay. around august I'll august to- of the I'm going to try to track that down. I wonder if it says something like, you know, Florida something or other. Surely it does. Um, I think um, I have a link to it on my, uh, my my website as well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll make yeah. sure to link that in the show notes, everybody, so you can check out that SE episode. That, that See, now, the, there's a certain list of things that you have in your mind as far as the perfect encounter. And that would, it, well, you know, perfect, quote unquote. But that would not be it. Um, something that terrifies you and you can't sleep and you know you probably think about it five six times a day that's not what you want for for your first encounter first and only probably yeah exactly this guy this poor guy he didn't he knew about bigfoot he thought it was a you know nah, it's a joke this that mm-hmm. and the other but he never in his day thought he would ever see that and the, and, the, and the guy was just out there he was out there fishing um and that's all Aww, he was doing <laughs> now you take and ruin my one of my favorite things to do just for relaxation <laughs> is fishing. If you ruin my fishing, then we've got problems. Well, you, well, you know, Shannon, you know, it's uh, easy food for them. You're catching the fish. <laughs> yeah, and, you he's know. like, man, look at this burrito sitting here in the water. What? <laughs> Not that we're assuming that they eat people. Don't send me emails. But if you want to, Shannon, into the com. There you go. <laughs> I just throw that out there because I always get certain emails, you know, people are a little like, hey, what the heck? So I wanted to bring up the sounds that you recorded and I want to cut them in after we kind of mention them. But you mentioned two different sounds. One is from December of last year, 2016, and one from 2013. So can you set us up for the the older one? Can you set us up first for the, the, the 2013 sound and then I will... I'll play it, and then we will move on to the 2016. Yeah, um, the 2013 one, uh, and I can't remember right offhand. I know it was during the wintertime, and it was cool because that's the best time to go down here in Florida. Um, It was me and probably about uh, four or five other people on on the team. Um, This actually got picked up on uh, Chris and Mark's – uh, parabolic microphone that they had with them. I didn't have mine with me with me at the time. I didn't. Even, I, at the moment, I, I built one later on. Um, but this was off of his recording that he got. And um, what you're hearing is um, we were out there probably about 9:30 at night. We were walking in this in, in this trail. It was a it was a horse trail, and it was in between two different locations of where our research is as far as far as names go um and we were walking toward the north and it was about 9 30 ish and we were trying to get some sort of activity kicking in that area um 
after a while of standing there and not hearing stuff, uh, I, I told him, I said, hey, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a yell and we'll see what happens. So I do this yell. Okay. And this sound came from the north of where we were at. And, and I can look at it on the map and tell you this, this location is, is near that same river that winds around 110 miles. Um, and um, it came from a location up there on north from where we were at. And it was very heavily thick with uh, woods in uh, what I call cypress hammocks. And it's, you know, real swampy. Uh, the, the terrain goes up and down as far as that goes. Um, there's, there's swamp and then there's high ground. So um, where this sound came from was it sounded almost like, and some people say it didn't, you know, it didn't quite sound like that. But to me, it sounded like it was trying to imitate a coyote mm -hmm. or something. And it, 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 as the sound came out, um, we're looking or not trying to look at each other. It's kind of dark and it's uh, no moon out. And we're like, real quiet we're like that is not a coyote <laughs> <laughs> and uh because it was long and drawn out and at the very end it had a weird the sound thing. messed up right yeah it just sounded yeah. really messed up like something yep. was trying to imitate something right? and i before. say you're like I that say, is one drunk ass coyote <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly and uh but that what happened is, is when that thing went off then just south of us all the other coyotes went off and they were doing their thing and mm. yep, 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 you know, and all that. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. And, but we never heard that again in that location. So it stopped. The other coyotes stopped yipping and stuff. So we sat there for probably, you know, 15 minutes. Nothing happened. Quiet. So as we started walking north, I said, let's go walk north a little further on this trail and see what happens. You know, maybe we can get a little closer to whatever's making that noise. Um, and as we're walking up there, I can, I hear the owls in that same general area going off. And I tell this to a lot of people. I said, um, old hunting buddy of mine, he said, owls usually won't sound off unless they see something. Uh -oh. And they'll go, because something is in their area. Well, these owls were going off every so often as we moved north. And something was coming in their area. Probably, uh, and I'm guessing that this was probably 150 yards, 200 yards away. And you can hear these owls as we as we moved up, probably another 80, 90 yards. These owls would go off over in 150 yards over toward our northwest. And okay, I'm 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 just writing this in my in my brain on the notepad okay i hear those owls are going off and we go another 80 90 yards and i hear different owls going off so i stopped i told the guy say stop i said listen i've been i've been listening to these owls and they're different owls they're not i don't think they're the same owls <laughs> and i think that whatever made that noise is paralleling us yeah. and walking as we're walking and it's listening to us. It can hear us. And these owls out there are going back and forth with each other because, hey, 
they see something coming through their area and they're they're going off so that was pretty amazing i mean i was like but that it never made that sound again that whole night but that was that was pretty amazing though and how long but, does it, i mean the audio itself that you're recording how long does this one run this one is is, is, is well each sound that you're going to hear is really short i mean they're not very long i mean they're real fast um the next clip is a little bit longer because they're all combined um i, I combined them all together okay. um and there's like six different things that you hear on the next clip okay but the the 2013 one it, it was just the one yeah all right well let's uh let's listen to that audio from 2013 All right, so if you don't mind now just setting up, you know, how you captured the sounds now from December of 2016 and what was going on there. Okay, on December 2nd of 2016, um, we were camped in a location where we, we go out to a lot and there's there's been activity in and around the place in this area, especially the last clip you just heard wasn't too far from where we got the these uh, these uh, audible sounds. Um, on this day, it was probably uh, there's like six or seven or eight of us um, on this trip out. We were in a campsite, and the campsite was kind of noisy because there was other people there, not squatchers, but you know other people camping out there. Um, so I I told the team I said, hey, let's just let's go out here to the river and just see what we find. You know, just we'll walk out there. We had our headlights, headlamps on, and it was probably nine o'clock at night, ten, somewhere around there. Um, so we, as we were getting closer to this, uh, we're walking down out of the campsite, and we're going, and it's probably a good three quarters of a mile to a mile from where we were at. Um, but on the process of getting there, I told everybody, "So okay, let's go lights out. Turn your lamps off. You know." Let's go lights out and let's walk down this trail. We had a little bit of a moon, so you can see the trail pretty pretty clearly um, once your eyes adjusted. And of course, they're probably thinking I'm crazy. What do you want? You know, you need, you can't see anything in front of me. But mm-hmm. I said, I said, we'll sit here for about five minutes and let your eyes adjust. And you, you'll be able to see fine. And of course, they did. So as we walk down this trail, and it's, it's just a, what we call a fire trail, is what they use to. Uh, the Forest Service uses they they cut fire trails through and, uh, during the summertime in case there's you know fires that they don't want crossing over to different parts of land. So they um, they this is what this was, and we were walking on it. And as we walked down it a little ways, uh, we would turn off to our left, and there's another pathway that goes towards the river, the Withlacoochee River. Um, as we were walking on that path, the first clip you're going to hear on this one, you'll hear a knock. And then uh, 
you know, we, we say a few words, you hated, you hear that, and that kind of sort of thing. And then the second clip, which I didn't catch until I got back home and listened to it on the computer with better sound, um, the second clap, uh, clip was sounds like a yell or a laugh. Hmm. Like like an evil laugh. I'm like, what the oh, heck? Boy. Oh yeah. And um, so, as we're walking, we're still walking towards the river. We haven't got there just quite yet. And that's when we're getting the couple of these clips. The third clip, um, we're at close to the river, and I pick up something similar to what we heard in 2013 of something imitating a coyote but much a little bit different and clearer by the way <laughs> okay and the, and on the fourth clip there is a deep yell and then a knock like wood on wood okay um the fifth clip is interesting because it's kind of faint but there is some sort of gibberish going on like some Something was pissed off, and you can hear it going, mm. make, making that gibberish sound. And it was like, wah, 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 you know, and uh, that's on the fifth clip of this, uh, on this uh, over here. And um, on the sixth clip, um, basically, we just hear two uh, branches snap. And that was probably within 70, 80 yards of us. Jeez. Oh, now, did you just hear <laughs> the gibberish with your own ears? We heard, we heard something like with our own ears, it sounded like somebody was pissed off at somebody, like somebody was yelling at somebody. Almost. It was just like jarbled. Like you can't, yeah, that. you can't, yeah. you can't really make out the words. You just hear like, oh my God, whoever that is, they're really pissed off at this person. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what it just kind of sounded like. But on the, and on the recorder, um, the parabolic mic picked it up and, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like some sort of gibberish, wow. almost kind of like the Sierra sounds. Right. You know, I don't want to go that direction because, you know, I'm, I'm not sure of that, but right. it kind of sounds similar to something like that. Can I just say that I would freak out if I heard anything close to gibberish or, like you said, the Sierra sounds, um, you know, anywhere close to my location. I It, it would be extremely discomforting. <laughs> in more ways than one probably uh, yeah i mean <laughs> no that's as much as i love bigfoot and sasquatch i've heard you know a couple strange sounds you know um no uh-uh that would freak me but, out uh, but to us it's to, to us it's uh, to me anyhow i can only speak for myself um to me it's exhilarating um people think i'm nuts because they always ask me, well, what, did you, what would you do if you saw one on the side of the road and ran into the woods? I said, well, I'd, I'd stop the car and run in the woods with it, you know, with my camera. And they're like, you would? You would do that? I said, well, you know, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? See, you know, I, I totally agree with that. I, I really do. Um, I don't think, I think that's what that's, that at all. There's something that's about what Roger, the... That's what Roger Patterson did. I mean, if you right. watch Roger Patterson's film, you know, what did, he didn't. He didn't, you know, stay behind. He got closer to right the the subject that he and was uh, he shooting had on the video. Stayed behind, right? Um, hey, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I just there's something about the, the the speaking and the and the talking that I guess because it makes them so much more than people already you know assume that they are. 
which is just right. big monkeys running around in the woods that makes them so mystical to me. And it, it it's just a, a deep-seated kind of a, you guys are a lot more than maybe I thought that you were. Not that I don't think that they're awesome. I think they're freaking amazing. But oh, that, yeah. that they have their own language, I think, kind of freaks me out on a deeper level, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm explaining well, if, myself well. but Yeah, if you think about it, everything pretty much has its own communication. Yeah. Um, why wouldn't these things? You yeah. know? Um, they have to communicate with one another. Um, and the wood knocking and the whistles and the imitate, imitating uh, other animals – if if you look back on how you know the uh, the Indians did things, um, that's how they communicated, especially on their hunts. You know they they wouldn't yell out and say, "Hey, you know so and so, I'm over here." Hey, you know, bring they would, the club. I got a deer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm like hurry up, stupid! You know I got a deer what, over here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I think freaks me out about their gibberish is the fact that it, it's very sped up. But it sounds close to English somehow, you know. I think that's like it just on a primal level. It just kind of freaks me out um, if it, that's what they use. It does, and it's and it, and it's kind of scary because you know to us because like you're looking at this, you know, you have an idea yeah. of what these things are, yeah. and then you know the the probably the worst thing you wanted to do is something to come up behind you like that and say, Hey, Shannon, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what are you doing in my woods? Yeah. You're messing up my hunt, you know? Right. Um, yeah. but It'd yeah, be- I mean, they do, they, they do have a language. I mean, yeah. and it would, you know, it would behoove us to think that they don't. Right. And that, and that part's not shocking to me. I just think that to actually hear that and to, to realize that maybe we're not, so far removed i'm not again go ahead and email me that's fine but you know uh i don't know i don't know what to think about them sometimes i i think that every month i flip-flop on what i think and if that makes me a flake then it does but sometimes i just i feel like oh i'm more over on this side and then on the next week on this side it um i don't know what to think about them but anyhow let's uh oh was there other uh parts of that clip that you needed to explain before we roll that tape Oh uh, no, that was uh, that was pretty much it. Um, um, we got those those sounds, and um, that was it for the night. I mean, it got quiet. Um, we actually went back out there uh, another night. When was that? It was probably back in April, May, or June, maybe no May. And we went back out there, and of course, it was dead quiet. You right. know, they've already and moved never, on, right? They they moved on or something, and and they're gone. But uh, but that's how they are. They they they'll move on to different areas, especially if human activities in in the area. They're not going to stay very long in one area. They're going to move to to another area that they know that no humans are going to be at. So um, that's how they roll. <laughs> I, I can't really blame them. I'm kind of an introvert myself, uh, which seems funny since I do a podcast and everything but uh i i can side with the sasquatch on that i don't blame them um all right so let's uh let's roll this tape from december 2016 
All right, Dave. So here's one of my last questions for you before we make sure we get all the information out for your uh, Florida research team. What would be your perfect sighting scenario for a Sasquatch so that you finally get that that sighting that you wanted? What does it look like? Oh, gosh. The perfect one would be where I don't have to go out and look for them. Um, they come to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that happens a lot. If you look at yeah. some of the reports that, you know, these things are coming into people's campsites. Yeah. Um, and that's what we do. And we areas that we go into, that's basically what we're doing. We're just out there camping and we're, we're you know, we got our equipment up and we're trying to get this, that, and the other. And, and a lot of times we go out and, and walk, hike areas at night and, uh, and, and, try to look for sign or hopefully try to run into these things like we have with these uh, audio clips. But um, the ideal one would be one that would come in and, uh, you know, not be afraid of humans. Uh, maybe uh, my, my ideal thing situation would be to, um, to get close to these creatures enough to, to earn their trust. Um, and it's, and it's hard because they, they know, the human element are going to shoot at them or something. It's, it's always a negative effect for them when humans are involved. So when they see someone out there like us, they don't know what to make of us. You know, they don't know if we're going to shoot them or what or, you know, that. Um, so we, I would like to, my, my biggest, I guess, scenario would be to have one come in and, and just, maybe communicate a little bit with it and maybe get a good video of it. And, um, but basically just try to uh, earn his trust and uh, let it know that, uh, you know, we're, we're not there to, to harm it and we're just here to learn from them. And do you think the end game would be then if you earned its trust to, to f film it to some degree or get, I mean, what would be the end game then for building the trust? 
Well, the the end game would 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 be that to maybe film it, uh, um, kind of like uh, the Jane Goodall approach kind of thing. Some mm-hmm. people say, "Oh, you're you're nuts. You can't. You know, you're not. You'll never be able to do that." Well, never say never. You know, there's 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 certain situations that you know these things have befriended humans. They actually come up and close to their homes, and they they're getting fed by humans, especially on farmlands. So, you know. There, there are some cases out there where they are befriending humans, and they're not afraid of them after they get to, to know that they're now, the humans aren't out to kill them or harm them in any way. So uh, that would be the ideal situation. But, uh, you know, I'd have to come out there and play the slots or <laughs> tables out there where you live uh, for, you know, for something like that to happen, you know, in Vegas. Um, it's, a, it's a gamble, you know, it's uh, – but it – you know, could it happen? It could. Will it happen? You never know. You just have to keep plugging away at it. They're very intelligent. Um, I think they watch people mm-hmm. and they see how they do things and they and they take that in and they learn from it. So, so, and, and, they, and they do systematically. They, they do things systematically too. Um, they, they never try to mess up. And the only thing they mess up is getting caught. Yeah. And, uh, but when they're when they're doing other things, they, they do it systematically, and that that warrants uh, intelligence. You know, David, I was in the onset. I asked, "What was your most striking experience?" And you were telling me about how it was really close to you, and you heard it, and you took off into the area, and you were there for about twenty minutes. Right? I'm wondering if it was still there and just watching. Right? Like you wouldn't have any idea. It could be within. I mean, 20 yards or closer, and you probably wouldn't have any idea. Oh, no. Yeah, um, I didn't get the feeling I was being watched. The area was quiet. Um, I was hoping something would just pop up, but it never did. I mean, wherever it went to, it stopped. It was very still, didn't move. And, of course, they're the king and queens of – camouflage i mean you can be looking dead at them and not even see them um that's how good they are um so i probably i probably did look at them and i didn't i just didn't recognize it or see it or or what have you but um for the span that it ran and it stopped from what i from what i heard it stopped i thought it was still in the area right and that's why I went over and was looking and checking things out. And uh, uh, apparently it was on the opposite side of this uh, uh, pond on a little island type of thing where I couldn't I – had a, I would have to swim across to get to it. But um, that's why I broke out the binoculars. Um, but, yeah, I could have been looking right at it and not even know it. <laughs> yeah, just go watch the end of Harry and the Hendersons. You'll be like, wait, what is – I didn't see that there. I'm exactly. Just, I'm just saying. I know yep. it's a movie, but it proves the point that, you know, we just we don't see the forest with the trees. Period. Exactly. Yep. And you know, unfortunately, it's how a lot of signings are. They yeah. They, this disappearing act they do. They probably well, they probably hide. You know, pretty good, so you don't see them. Uh, talking to you really makes me miss being around the woods. It really does. I'm uh, in the desert. I'm like, well, unless. Unless Yucca Man wants to come and shoot some craps <laughs> down here, I'm kind of done for as far as seeing you know, a Sasquatch. So, um, hey, if you wouldn't mind just, 
you know, throw out, uh, make sure you throw out the hotline for Florida and any of your, your contact and social media pages there, David. Yeah. Um, you can reach me on our website, uh, www.isrtusa.com. Um, also, I have a YouTube channel that um, I have. is called Tracking Sasquatches. Now, um, I, I don't have a lot of videos up there because I believe in not putting a bunch of stuff up there that's not relevant. So um, I do put a few things up there, but you know you can go there and check out what what we're doing uh, from time to time. Um, but I, I, I don't believe I'm putting a lot of videos out there of boring stuff that all you're going to see is woods. So um, that's one contact you can get to me on that. Um, the other contact is uh, for the hotline. If you have any reports uh, anywhere, you can call and contact me at 863-398-2662. And that's my cell phone. And if I can't get to you uh, right away, just leave a message and I will return your call. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, give us a shout. And uh, if anybody is serious about wanting to get, in, get into this research, um, I will ask you 20 questions. And <laughs> you, you will have to pass all those 20 questions. Um, that's just because of, uh, of what we do. I mean, we, we're serious about this, and you have to be serious about it as well. So, um, yeah, give us a shout-out, and we'd love to speak to you and talk to you about any kind of reports or any, anything, really, about Sasquatch. Um, uh, we're, and if we do happen to get a conference here in Florida, Shannon, you're going to be invited, of course. Oh, thank you, David. Thank you so much. Oh, man. And, Florida, uh, I love, and I hope that part of the conference is that we are going to go into the woods. Oh, yeah, because where we're going to have uh, the conference is going to be pretty close to a hotspot. So, um, yes. yeah, we, we will uh, make sure of that. Good. Yeah, so. any, anytime I will be there in Florida. That's one of my favorite places. So, um, yeah, any help with that conference, you let me know. But, yeah, guys, get I a hold will. of uh, David uh, anytime, of course. Again, his cell is 863-398-2662. And do you want me to give out that Gmail address as well, David? You sure can, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's FL for Florida, Squatch, S-Q-U-A-T-C-H at gmail.com. Well, hey, David, thank you so much for coming on into the fray. Hey, Shannon, I, I very much appreciate you having me on, and I had a wonderful time, and hopefully we'll do this again. Um, I'll keep you posted on the stuff that's going on here in Florida. Yeah, we have to do an update show. Uh, yeah, you and the uh, geckos out there in Florida, have a good night. Oh, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, David. Bye-bye. Well, I'm so-and-so. I was given this name by my parents. I've been to such and such a college. I've done these things in my profession. I produce a little bark. Buddha says, forget it. That's not true. That's some story. That's all gone. That's all past. I want to see the real you you are now. But nobody knows who that is. Because we don't uh, know ourselves except through listening to our echoes consulting our memories. But then there's a real evil, and that again leads us back to this question. Uh, who are you? That is the real We shall see how they play with this exam.
by the koans to get you to come out of your shell and find out who you really are.
you settled down in the train to read your newspaper and uh, so on, you are not the same person who uh, a little while ago left the platform. If you think you are, you are linking your moments up in the chain. And this is what binds you to the wheel of birth and death. But when you know that every moment in which you are is the only moment, this comes into Zen, the master will say to somebody, oh, get up and walk across the room. And he comes back and he says, where are your footprints? They've gone. So where are you? Who are you? When we are asked who we are, we usually give a kind of recitation of a history. Further your future with the postgraduate course at the Institute of Art, Design and Technology, Dunleary. Join us for our virtual open evening on Wednesday, 19th of April at 7pm. Find out about our unique industry-focused postgraduate courses in film and media, UX design, cyber psychology, equality, diversity and inclusion, business, art and design. IADT Postgraduate Open Evening, Wednesday the 19th of April at 7pm. Visit iadt.ie.